someone here that is asking herself, why do these crazy people jump? Come on. Come on. If you ever read your Bible, you'll find out why. Because Jesus said, Are you listening? Uh huh. Come on. Jesus. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Jesus said, Yes. Rejoice in that day. Yeah. And leap for joy.
for this. I said preaching will not hinder Normally I would just in moments like this let you shout. But I have an assignment tonight that must be complete. I have something to say to this church that has to be said. So go with me. Meet me tonight, John chapter number five. John fifth chapter. It has been a privilege, a honor, a delight. I have been able to preach the word to you this week. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I give honor tonight to your pastor, to his wife, to his mother. I give honor to this family. I tell you tonight, the best thing you can do for this man is stick with him. The only way that Elisha got the double portion of Elijah's anointing was because he saw him and he was taken away. He wouldn't have saw him had he not been with him. So his double portion happened because he stuck with his man of God. Stay faithful to abundant life. Stay faithful. Stay committed. Stay connected. tonight I'm going to do what my calling is. I make no apologies for knowing what my calling is. I am an evangelist. And I'm going to obey the scriptural definition of what the job of an evangelist is, not what man thinks the job of an evangelist is. Yeah, right. That's right. Come on. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Right. That's right. Three verses before then, he had already explained what that work was. Reprove. Uh-huh. Rebuke. Uh-huh. Right. Exhort. Man has changed the definition and put the evangelist in the box. All we're supposed to do is exhort. No, according to Scripture, that's the last thing we do. Right, that's right. Come on. Come on. So I'm going to fulfill my call tonight. Amen. I want to be an encourager, a blessing, but also I want to push you. Yes, yes. Amen. Might get uncomfortable, but that's what pushing does. We got way too many stagnant churches that don't want to go beyond where they are. Come on, that's right. That's not the will of God. Yeah, that's right. 
God is never a God that just is satisfied with where you are. He always wants more. We go from glory to glory. So, John chapter 5, one verse, number 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The contemporary English version puts the question like this. Do you want to be healed? The faithful version puts it like this. Do you desire to be made whole? The easy to read version says, Do you want to be well? But regardless if it's King James or easy to read or faithful, regardless of what you choose to take, the question is to the man. Do you want it? what it all boils down to. So that's my question and my title to you tonight. Do you want? Do you want it? I can't answer that. Only you can. Pastor can't answer that. Only you can. In fact, God can't even answer that because He's the one asking. Yeah. Come on. That's right. Do you want? Come on. Would you lift your hands and ask the Holy Ghost to help us tonight? gospel we discover that there is a feast of the Jews taking place at Jerusalem there at Jerusalem there is a pool around the sheep market that is named Bethesda around this pool are five porches On each of these five porches lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Uh 
So there's more than just two or three to deal with. There's more than just a dozen to deal with. In fact, the number is so great that John doesn't even take time to do a head count. He just looks at the crowd and surmises that this is not just a multitude, it is a great multitude. And these people are here, some are blind, some are halt, others are withered. But the one common denominator that they all have in common, the one thread that ties them all together, is that they are all waiting for the moving of the water. Because the law states at a certain season, an angel would come down and would begin to trouble the water. And it's very important you understand it's not the second one, it's not the third one, it's not the last one, it's not the one that waits on someone else to move before they choose to move. It was the first one that got in the water after the water was troubled was made whole of whatever disease they had. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter how long you have it. It doesn't matter how bad the diagnosis is. If you want your healing, get in the water. Not that complicated. It's, it's, it's It's not that hard to figure out. If you want a healing, just get in the water when the water's troubled and you're made whole. You're not just healed, you're made whole. Another translation says that they were delivered from whatever had a hold of them and was holding them down. So we're not just dealing with sickness. We are dealing with bondage and we are dealing with trouble that holds people down. And if you won't deliver from it, if you won't set free from it, if you won't heal from it, just get in the wall. Just it's it's just a couple of chapters after this that Jesus is talking about the Holy Ghost. And he says, out of your belly, come on, shall flow rivers of living water. In parentheses, but this spake he of the Spirit. So he wasn't speaking about natural water. He was speaking about spiritual water. And I believe the same principle that was applied in John 5 is applicable in 2021. When the water starts moving, Parentheses, but this thing of the Spirit, when the water 
So Jesus shows up. And Jesus finds this man lying at this pool. This man had been at this pool for 38 years. And there's a whole lot of preaching in just this short story. I don't want to chase a lot of rabbits tonight, but 38 years. And Jesus shows up and tells this man, Will thou be made whole? Now you hear me, abundant life, for 38 years the law and the way to a miracle has not changed. No one has come along and said it doesn't take getting in the water anymore. It doesn't take moving anymore. There's a new way to a healing. There's a new way to a miracle. There's a new way to revival. No, no. The same law that was set 38 years ago is still the same now. If you want a miracle, if you want a healing, if you want delivered, you got to get up and you got to get in the wall.
And Jesus says, Wilt thou be made whole? Before we talk about what he did ask, let's diagnose what he did not ask. He did not say, Do you think I'm able? He did not say, Do you think I'm willing? He did not say, Do you think I can do it? He did not say, Do you think I got the power? He said, Do you want it? Because bottom line is, if you don't want it, His power does you no good. If you don't want it, it doesn't matter what God can do, it's what do you want God to do? That's why when we go to conferences, it doesn't take a lot of hype. 
learned behind the curse of the fig tree. Jesus wakes up one morning. His stomach's growling. He's hungry. So he goes to a fig tree to eat some figs. And he finds nothing but leaves. And he curses that tree. And it dies. Do you know why? There was no figs there. It's strange. The Bible said because the time of figs had not come. That means it's the wrong season. Don't you think if anybody should have known that it was Jesus? He put product in that tree. He's the one that made that tree. He should have known when it would produce figs and when it would give just leaves. So he walks in to what he knows is the wrong season and the wrong time and the wrong moment and he finds nothing but leaves and curses. You know why? Because in Jesus, when he shows up, it is the right moment. It is the right season. It is the right time. And Jesus is not asking this man what season it is. He's not asking this man if it's a Wednesday or a Sunday. All he wants to know is do you want it?
that's not revival. How can you revive something that's not lived? Revival has never been for the outside. It's always been for the inside. When we get the 120 together, then we can get to 3,000. But we're busy reaching the 3,000 when the 120 ain't praying like they should. It isn't witnessing like they should. It isn't fasting like they should. Yeah. 
if the church is 10, if the church is 50, if the church is 500, if the church is 1,000, I don't care. Every church needs revival. And I'm not just speaking. I'm speaking two definitions of revival. One consecutive night. Every church needs that. I don't care how big they are. They need that. Because there's a thing that your pastor pointed out the other day called sacrifice. And God honors sacrifice. But we make church so comfortable, we don't sacrifice. That's why altars are empty. That's why baptistries are empty. That's why churches are empty. Because they say things like, well, we're awful busy around here. So when was you not? Or, well, my kids have to get up and go to school. So when the kids not have to go to school? Right. Yeah. Right. No, the problem is we don't want it. Right. Right. Come on. That's right. Hallelujah. That's the truth. We don't want off the porch because we made our comfortable bed for 38 years. Right. And it's kind of hard to get a miracle when you've learned how to live in your disease. Kind of hard to have a real Holy Ghost revival when you've learned how to sing songs to make you feel like you're in revival. Right. right. Yeah. 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 So we, we have replaced intercession with entertainment. Right. We have replaced all night prayer meetings with all night pizza parties. Come on. We have now what some are calling a guaranteed one hour church service. You come here, we promise you. We know you're so busy. We know your plate is so full. We know you've got things to do. You'll only be in church 60 minutes. Come on. Come on. And we get on our soapbox about how holy we are and how godly we are and how separate we are. I wonder, I wonder if God even cares when you're not even in his house long enough for him to move. Come on. We care. We care about what people think about us. Let me tell you, my holiness is not based on what somebody thinks about me. My holiness is based on my love for God. I don't live the way I do so I fit into an organization or I fit into a society. That my holiness is not based on their thinking. My holiness is based on the word of God.
Come on. God, if you don't meet the need, it's, it's okay. I've got 401k. Come on. Reach and God has become our backup solution in case something else don't work right. And we wonder why we can't have revival. Right, right. And how dare somebody come along and preach like this to us. Because uh-huh. we're Pentecostal. We're perfect. Uh-huh. Everybody else is wrong. We're right. No, you just don't want it. That's the problem. Jesus is looking at you saying, do you want it? Well, it sounds good. Feels good. That, 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 that shout that we did 30 minutes ago, it feels good. But, but now, do that every service. Just don't know. Jesus is saying, do you want it? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the other man's excuse. I have no man uh-huh. to put me in the pool uh-huh. when it's trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were 38 years old. I thought you knew how to walk by now. Come on. Yeah. So, so, so the reason you're still sick is because you got nobody to help you out. So that's that's the way we put a cost to start. That's why we don't shout unless it's a certain song. Yeah, come right. On. Come on. Or a certain singer. Yeah. Or a certain beat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here you go. Come on, let's get it. This will hit us upside the head. You go to that special service next week, who's preaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Right. right. Oh, so that matters. Right. I thought it was the word of God that night. Yeah. And so while we can go to church, we choose not to because the one we like is not preaching. Right. Why? Because we made this about me. Right. Who can carry me? Who can help me? Who can hold me? I've been around 
And I notice churches, I, we've been to churches having Holy Ghost blowout services and churches that just don't want it. And there's a vast difference in the atmosphere. I know for the eye, for us, for flesh, for man, for the eye, certain colors help and certain day color helps, but I hope God's not controlled by that. See, if every seat in this house was full, there would be, be more worship and more praise. Why? Because for some reason, when the building's full, we worship more. When it's empty, we worship less. So our praise is predicated on who's there. Not God. I know you and I guess y'all seen those green signs on the side of the road that says adopt a highway. Mm-hmm. Right? That means whatever amount of land you adopt there, it's your job to clean up, it's your job to mow the grass, it's your job to make sure it's clean. Yeah. Right. How about we start a program in our churches, adopt a pew? Right. Come on. Yeah. Meaning if you sit on that pew, you know that's my pew. Nobody sits there. If you sit in that row, it's your job to fill it up. Right, yeah. Right. Amen. Come on, that's good. Amen. Come on. Amen. Well, that takes a lot of work, Right. Well, how do I make sure it's filled? Well, the first thing you do is make sure you show up. Not just when you feel like it, not just when so and so is preaching, not just, come on, not just on Sundays, but even in prayer meeting, you show it. I told you Sunday, and I'll tell you again those who say God can and those who say God cannot are both right. Right. Those who want revival, have it. And those who don't want revival, don't have it. Revival is not as complicated as we made it to be. It all boils down to one question. Do you want it? And if you want it, go pray like you want it. Go worship like you want it. Revival is not spelled R-E-V-I-V-A-L. It's spelled W-O-R-K. If you want revival, you will work like you want it. You'll fast like you want it. You'll give like you want it. You'll support like you want it. One of the most amazing parts in all of Scripture is after 40 years wandering in the wilderness, from the children of Israel before taking their promise. They doubted God at the Red Sea, but God parted the waters and made a way. They doubted God when they had no, nothing to drink, but God took them to Elam and they camped next to 12 wells of water. They doubted God when they had no food and manna fell from heaven. In that whole spectrum of time, every time they doubted God, God made a way. God 
But after 40 days of spying out the promised land, they come back to Moses and twice they tell Moses, the reason we can't take it is because the children of Anak were there. Twice they said that. Now we're talking two to three million people are saying, I can't do it. I can't take the land. It's too impossible. It doesn't matter how good and how wonderful it seems. I can't do it because the children of Anak are there. You know what's amazing about that? Do you know how many children Anak had? Three. So two million people saying, I can't do it because three's there. It's not as complicated as we made it to be. There's only three. Right, right, right. Hallelujah. No, the fact is they just didn't want it. And God said, okay, I allowed you to walk in that land. I allowed your feet to walk on its grass. I allowed your hands to hold its grapes. I allowed you to see everything I had for you. And now you're saying, we can't do it, so your carcasses will die in the wilderness. It wasn't God's fault. He wanted them all to drink of that milk and honey. The reason why they died before taking it Yes, they just didn't want it. Because you can blow smoke and talk all you want to about you want it, but actions speak louder than words. Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. Oh, I'm here for you, Pastor. Whatever you need, I need you to do some outreach on Saturday. Oh, that that, that that's my day off. Come on. Come on. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted. Right. I had one pastor years ago. He said, Brother Atkins, I've been in this city for years and I just can't get people to come to church. I, I just don't know what the barrier, what the holdup is. I said, well, let me ask you, have you ever thought about going on the radio? He said, oh no, that cost us. I said, have you ever thought about going online? Oh no, that cost us. I said, have you ever thought having a Saturday morning outreach? He said, oh no, I work all week long and that's my day off. I said, well, have you, have you ever thought about put, putting some publication in the newspaper? Oh no, that's too much money. So well, I don't problem. Tell myself. You just don't want it. You would like it, but you don't want to fight for it. You don't want to give for it. You don't want to sweat over it. You don't want to bleed for it. Apparently you just want to be given to it. Revival is never given, it's always taken. Yes. The violent take it. By force. The violence say, I don't care what it costs. I don't care what I have to do. I'm tired of what I'm doing. So the question is pretty simple. I mean, like, do you want it?
Let me show you a difference in those who want it and those who don't. It was 17, right? Four years ago. Preaching at a church in Kentucky. We went Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, you mean people still do that? Yeah, those who want it. Every night, either somebody got baptized, somebody got the Holy Ghost, somebody got healed. So on that closing day, Sunday, the pastor takes me back to his office and he said, Brother Atkins, can you go into the week? I said, yes. So we went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, you mean people still do that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Come on. That last Sunday, pastor took me back in his office and he said, for that, then something big is going on here. I don't think you need to leave yet. Can you go another week? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, here's the problem. We've given you everything we've got. we we got no more money to give you. I've heard that a thousand times before. And I told him what I've always said to people. Well, now, don't bring nothing into this. I said, if, if you got faith to keep me, you know, and you can't give me anything, and i got faith to stay, you no, know, I won't get anything. Don't make it Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. No, no biggie. Two days later, a saint won a court battle that she had been having for two years and was awarded $150,000. No, 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 $250,000. Because the first thing she did was pay her tithes, $25,000. Now, before y'all start thinking anything, I didn't get that. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> go there. That Wednesday night, we continued. And he said, he told his church, God and Brother Atkins says, whip me up one side down the other because I knew we should have went home, but we didn't have the finances to do it. But Brother Atkins said, God will make a way. And, and, and I was I was afraid, but, but sure enough, God has placed money in my lap today that I never thought I would see. So we went the third week. We went the fourth week. We went the fifth week. Do people still do that? Yeah. yeah. If you want it. Right. Come on. That takes a lot of work. Exactly. Yes. That takes a lot of sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. Revival don't come easy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. Revival's free, but it's not cheap. So on that last Sunday, I just, in fact, the Friday before that Sunday, God had slain me out, and I didn't even preach that night. God, God was reviving me because we evangelists need revival out then. I got up from that prayer, and I went to that pastor, and I said, I said, Pastor, God spoke to me in prayer tonight, but if you go another two weeks, I'll leave you where to preach, but if you go another two weeks, what God did the first two weeks would pale for what he's about to do the next two weeks. And he went, I'll pray about it. I know that you ain't doing nothing. Because you know we blame everything on God. Or the devil. Never us. So on that Sunday, I just knew. The whole church knew. My wife knew. My, my in-laws were there. They, that was their first service. And, and we, we all just knew this ain't, 
going to end today. In fact, there was a, there was a lady that day that 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 came that that ran literally ran to the altar first time, lifted up her hands, crying. She has a story like I like I've never heard. Her mother was killed many years ago by an FBI agent. Hollywood has made a movie of that story. The daughter was there. She's having to deal with all that past and all that gossip and all those rumors, and she couldn't shake it off. But that day. She ran to that altar. She lifted her hands. And God released that junk from her. Pastor got up at the conclusion of service and he said, Well, God's been good the past five weeks and I think we're going to end today. And you can hear the whole congregation go, I knew it wasn't time to leave. I knew he was out of God's will. But I can't make a pastor do anything. So I hooked up our fifth will and we left. I left that place bawling my eyes out. Because it's, it's the hardest thing for me to do, to leave when I know it's not time. Right, right. Traveling preachers don't feel that way. They don't, they don't really care. I found out two weeks later why he ended the revival for my boy. He said, after church, the pastor walked up the platform and one of my son's friends went to the pastor and said, I thought for sure we were going to go home another week. You ready for this? The pastor said, well, if you can afford it, we will. He said the same thing three weeks ago and God gave him $25,000. But see, we always blame God. Right, right. It's not His will. I just don't feel it. No. You don't want it. Right, yeah. Come on. We hear it. We went back a year later only, only because I scared of Him before the revival ended. And when I went back, there was more empty pews than filled ones. All those that got the Holy Ghost and got baptized, they were proud, were no longer there. And the pastor told me to my face, Brother Atkins, I have fought more hell the past year than I've ever fought in my life. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I bet you have. Because you blow smoke about you want it, but you really don't want it. Right. That is a case of people that just don't want it. Because if you don't want it, look, it's either revival or rejection. Right. You know, you got two choices. Either you have revival or you die. Come on. Yeah, sure. Come on. That's true. And until we really understand that. Yeah. Come on, that's good. That's why we'll fight for it, we'll pray for it, we'll sacrifice for it. Yeah. Because if we ever get the revelation, if we don't have it, we don't die. There's one, one last story of a church that does one. Two years ago. It was in Mississippi. Went Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The pastor walked up and said, I think we should go another week. I said, okay. After the second week, we should go another week. Okay. Went two weeks, went three weeks, went four weeks, went five weeks. On the fifth week, on a Saturday, he called me up. 
crying. He said, Brother Atkins, a tragedy just happened. I said, what's going on, man? It was his, his niece, which is the bishop's great-granddaughter, three years old, drowned in the pool at their house. He said, I was the first one on the scene. And everything that God's done the past five weeks, the miracles we've seen, the power that we felt, I just thought for sure that God was about to raise the dead. Right, right. But Brother Atkins, he did. She's gone. You know what I told him? I said, Brother, if any pastor ever had a legitimate reason to go ahead and end, you do. You know what he said? No, Brother Atkins. Right. He said, we need it now more than we did it the past five right. weeks. Right. So we went the sixth week. We went the seventh week. We went the eighth week. We went the ninth week. Two of the most powerful services I've ever preached was the Sunday after she drowned and the Sunday after her funeral. I had to preach both of them. And the mother of the dead girl was bringing people to church and praying with them at the altar. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Things came of that stories like you wouldn't believe. The, 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 the father of the daughter was kind of in and out of church. Believed it, but really wasn't in it. And, and he, he was asked, how old was your daughter? How how, what was the exact age? And my wife saw it on Facebook. And he put on there. Everybody's wondering how, how old she was. She was exactly two years, three weeks, and eight days. He said, maybe that doesn't mean much to you, but a Pentecost 238 is a huge number. We went back to that church last year. In fact, it was the first revival we preached after all the lockdown stuff lifted. And in that revival, blinded eyes were open. Crippled limbs were healed. Now compare it to. Come on. Because if you want it. Right, right, right. Come on, that's good. God can do it. If you don't. right now is a very important turning point in the history of this church. This moment right now, this night is a turning point in the history of this church. Where you go from here, how you take this message, how you apply it will determine if you grow or you perish. Will determine if it's revival or rejection. Right here.
stop praying no more than you did last night. You gotta get beyond that. You gotta push beyond your flesh. Come on, I know it's a struggle. Come on, I know it gets tired and weary. Oh, but my God, revival on the other side, it's worth a victory. Come on, when the giant's hand gets cut off, it's worth the victory, David.
All eyes on me. I have a word. I don't feel liberty to release it. I have a word. Please hear me. I'll say this one thing and I'll take my seat. Father and a son was out on the water. Story goes the son fell in the water, couldn't swim. The dad took a rope, threw it out to the son. Son grabbed a hold of that rope and was pulling himself into the boat. Then the rope broke. He was sinking, screaming, Dad, I'm drowning, save me. And the father said this statement to the boy, Reach beyond the break. And when he reached beyond what was broken, he grabbed a hold of that rope and was pulled to safety. I know this church has been broken this year by the death of the bishop. I know that. But my word to you, my word to you, to your wife, my word, and my word to this church. I know you're hurting. I know you're broken. But it's time to reach beyond the break. Your safety, I hope you're listening to me, beyond the break. There's life beyond the break. Yes, yes, yes. I know you're hurting and you've got every reason to be, but you hear me. Don't let that hurting become your hindrance to revival. Reach beyond the break. Come on, reach, 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 reach,